0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, unwanted pets and relatives, hello, it's Mr. Palumbo, and welcome to this, the 50th episode of the Professor Liberty Podcast. Today is our 50th episode, ladies and gentlemen. Then, this podcast is about American history, Western civilization, economics, government. We seek to educate, inspire, and restore. And, uh, you know, it's just been a few months and, uh, you know, we've already become an international podcast. We have fellow libertiers from Australia, Germany, Canada. Professor Liberty even cracked the top 200 charts in Norway for about half a second. So it's pretty cool, folks. I know there's people out there with thousands of episodes of podcasts. I know there are podcasts with millions of downloads and the audiences worldwide. But here at Professor Liberty, we're starting small, and that's all we can do. And, you know, I think my goal, if I could be honest with you, would be I would love to be able to quit uh, teaching at the public school where I teach less and less. Uh, they allow me to actually teach the children less and less, and it's more indoctrination. But I would love to uh, retire and, uh, and uh, make a living as Professor Liberty full-time. How cool would that be? So again, thanks for tuning in, folks. I really appreciate the several dozen of you out there. <laughs> you homeschoolers, you family, you friends, you people that are just passing by and you just happen to click on it. I really appreciate that. Whoever you got here, I thank you for listening. Don't forget to tell your friends. Podcasts travel by word of mouth, and I'm not paying Zuckerberg for any uh, quote-unquote boosts. So uh, this is all just going to be organic, no matter how long it takes. So scream it from the mountaintops, and don't forget to give me a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook. Drop me a message there. I normally get back to you pretty quick. And the email to the show is ProfessorLiberty1776 at gmail.com. So today's episode is called Today's Robber Barons. So I thought we would talk a little bit about the growing influence of big tech and how they are, in my opinion, the robber barons or the railroad companies of our day. You know, at the turn of the 19th century, just about the end of the Civil War to about 1900 or so. Uh, some historians will take it all the way to 1920, which I think is fine. You know, eras are hard to uh, pin down. Uh, you know, so you can go ahead and give give or take a year or two. That's fine. But during that time, between 1865 and about 1920, America was in something called the Gilded Age. It's also known as the Second Industrial Revolution. It's an age of forgotten presidents, limited government, and unfettered capitalism. Sounds pretty amazing to me, right? We basically have the opposite today. Several men during this time acquired great wealth, and their power and influence rivaled the federal government itself which I believe this is why the Gilded Age and robber barons are portrayed in a negative light. If anyone's going to have the power to take advantage of people, it's the government, not some private citizens. At one point, J.P. Morgan loaned the federal government money. Did you hear that? You did. J.P. Morgan, a banker, stepped in during the Panic of 1893 and loaned the federal government $60 million because the government didn't have enough money. John D. Rockefeller, the titan of all titans of the robber barons, if you will, was worth over $300 billion in today's money. That's a crazy amount of money, folks. During his heyday, Rockefeller's company made up about 2% of the entire nation's GDP. GDP, or gross national product, is how much economic activity, or another way to say it is how much stuff a country produces in a year. Anyways, these titans of industry were called robber barons because some of them used shady business tactics to get ahead. They paid their people low, they took advantage of the fact that there was no regulations, there was no government regulations. So, uh, you know, they bribed government officials. These are reasons why they're called uh, robber barons. But make sure you remember the reasons. They paid people low, they made a lot of money, they paid little taxes, and they bribed government officials. Remember that. That'll be important for later. There. Now, you got to remember, though, this was when capitalism was at its peak as far as unregulated capitalism. There's no workman's compensation during this time. There's no unemployment benefits. There's no minimum wage. And so these men often exploited the cheap labor and the lax government regulations to make more money. However, there was also no income taxes. So even though the workers were you know, getting paid little, I mean, the government wasn't stepping in and taking even more of it. So it was a time, this gilded age, was a time of very powerful companies controlling much of society with very little or no government oversight or control. Does this sound familiar? I set the table this way, folks, because I want to attempt to show you that today, in 2021, we have robber barons again. And they come to us in the guise of big tech. Today, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, and Google are trillion-dollar corporations. Facebook is close behind. It's valued at about $700 billion, and that was back in February. These companies also make up just about 20% of the economic activity of the S&P 500. S&P 500 is an uh, index on the stock market, the $500 biggest companies in America. That means they generate 20% of the wealth of the top 500 companies in the United States. One in every $5 generated. Facebook has over 2 billion people on it. In fact, it's almost 3 billion. 2.83 billion. That's 43% of the world's population. Amazon makes up about 5% of all retail sales in the United States. 90% of all searches on the internet go through Google. You guys, these numbers are astounding. The Google one alone we could do a podcast on. 90% of all searches go through Google. I mean, that is... uh, I mean, what do we say to that? And we're going to talk about monopolies here in a minute, but I mean... Just in the fact that uh, as far as information searches, 90%, that would be considered a monopoly in my opinion. Netflix, worth over $200 billion, was hailed as one of the few companies that did well during the COVID lockdown. In fact, all the companies we've mentioned did well. They grew during the lockdown. You know who didn't grow during the lockdown? Small business. During last year's lockdown, over 100,000 small businesses closed their door. According to the Wall Street Journal, nail salons and barber shops were among those hardest hit. According to CNBC, about 25% of small businesses in America were closed during the month of February due to the pandemic. Netflix? They grew by $50 billion last year. And the growth of these companies seem—it doesn't seem to be slowing down. Amazon, for example, just bought MGM Studios for $8 billion back in May. Amazon also owns Audible, Switch, Whole Foods, Zappos, Abe Books, Avalon Books, and much more. Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, is worth $193 billion. Now, if rich men of the past were judged and called robber barons for hoarding all the money while they pay their employees crumbs, why don't these men? Here's another parallel that should get more liberals among us upset. Both robber barons of the past as well as today's billionaires pay little taxes. uh Oh wait a minute, Mr. Palumbo. Uh, we have a progressive income tax, Mr. Palumbo. Uh, the very uh, you know the the very rich uh, they can't hoard all their wealth because they pay more in income taxes, Mr. Palumbo. That's how it's supposed to work. That is true. We do have a progressive income tax. But here's the thing different types of income are taxed differently. According to Sarah Hansen over at Forbes.com, quote With issues of wealth inequality and tax avoidance by the ultra-rich front and center in Washington, a new analysis from ProPublica of more than 15 years of leaked confidential individual tax data shows the wealthiest among us pay very little, or in some cases, nothing in federal income tax. She goes on to say, that ProPublica found that while the median American household earning roughly 70,000 per year paid 14% in federal income taxes so you made 70 grand you're going to pay 14% on that 70 grand the 25 richest Americans by Forbes tally paid a true tax rate of just 3.4% on wealth growth of 401 billion between 2014 and 2018. Now, I have to say that the robber barons of the past paid little to no income taxes because there wasn't an income tax, lucky them. And uh, we did a podcast a few weeks ago called Taxes and Freedom. If you want to learn more about how income tax is a form of slavery and it should be unconstitutional, and some scholars say it even uh, violates the 13th Amendment Go check out that podcast. But the, the robber barons of the past, they didn't pay that much taxes because the government didn't have the power to do so. Today, it looks like the titans of industry pay little taxes because of the array, array of loopholes in our tax system. So obviously, I'm not the first to make this uh, connection between robber barons and big tech. Uh, I want to read from Veronica Irvin. She writes for San Francisco Weekly, clearly not a, uh, a conservative or libertarian publication. She writes Silicon Valley social media platforms were as aspirational as they were inspirational. Rather than making money on the backs of the working class, like oil and railroad tycoons of yesteryear, the titans of tech sought to liberate underserved people around the world and give a voice to the voiceless. In the early days of Occupy Wall Street and the Arab Spring, some journalists seized on the idea that Twitter and Facebook were pivotal tools of the revolution. Big Tech was happy to take the credit, positioning itself as the perfect industry for idealists and progressive folks in the Bay Area. You know, I love her point about the Arab Spring and Occupy Wall Street. Some of you guys might be a little too young to remember, but that was... 2009 2010 so about 11 years ago and uh, you know the Arab Spring it spread like wildfire because of social media they could they could coordinate these grassroots people fighting against the government of course they didn't have any weapons because they don't have a second amendment so they're out there throwing rocks at tanks but that's for another podcast but Uh, the Arab Spring and Occupy Wall Street were these grassroots groups that were organized through social media. And here we are 11 years later. And what happened in Hong Kong? What happened in that protest in Hong Kong? We don't hear nothing about it, right? Twitter and Facebook locked it down. And so in 10 years, we've gone from social media being this uh, engine of free speech almost so that many governments now have legislation or they're considering legislation that in the extent of a uprising, there's there's a kill switch. There's an internet kill switch, right? That way the the rebels or the protesters or whatever you want to call them, they can't organize through these means. But in 10 years, we've gone from social media being this uh, beacon of free speech and protest, To now it's an engine of censorship. Uh, Miss Veronica Irving goes on to say, But a decade removed from these movements and the hype that surrounded the rise of Web 2.0, the tech industry resembles just about every other major industry that came before it. Like the robber barons of the 21st century, big tech has exploited the unregulated market for financial gain. And San Francisco has become the West Coast Wall Street. What's more, the industry has matured. And the starry-eyed 20-something workforce has grown into 30- and 40-something careerists. It has increasingly engaged in union-busting, electioneering, and the kinds of anti-competitive practices that were first mastered by the likes of J.P. Morgan, Andrew Carnegie, and John D. Rockefeller unquote. The scary thing boys and girls is that these companies as they grow, they buy up more and more competition and they become monopolies and I think this is what Veronica is getting into. A monopoly is not just this board game, but let's talk about the board game real quick. What is the point of the monopoly board game? It's to own as much as the bo- of the board, right real estate. As possible until you have enough to drown out the competition. The other people run out of money. Well, that's what a monopoly is, folks. It's a company with so much influence in the market that it can set its own prices and there are no competitive pressures forcing it to lower prices or, or, or innovate or have a good product. And this is why monopolies always have high prices and the quality of their products are always subpar. So here's the thing. We're not talking about an oil monopoly like Rockefeller had or a steel monopoly like Andrew Carnegie had. We're talking about a societal monopoly where all media, communication, news, opinions, movies, information is controlled by a few billionaires. Google already positions searches in a way that benefits their approved viewpoints and the government does nothing. Now, many of us will say that the government does nothing because Google is a private business. Okay, well then why was Standard Oil broken up in 1911 into seven smaller companies? That was a private business. I think this idea of Facebook is a private company, Google is a private company, I think that's a way out. I think that's a scapegoat. Looking at the banning of President Trump from social media, I still cannot believe this happened, folks. I don't care what your opinion is of Donald Trump, and he certainly has stepped in it more than others, but he was the sitting president of the United States. He's the leader of, you know, the entire country. Whatever you think of Donald Trump, the fact that companies were allowed to silence him should scare the bejesus out of us. And it really harkens back to this era, this gilded age, where These corporations had more power than the government. If you can censor the sitting president, who has more power? Who has more authority? Now, what's scary is some of us don't like the president, and we're not Republicans, and we're not conservatives. So we say, I don't care. I don't like those people. Well, this is something that, you guys, if you give this company the power to censor anyone— Eventually, they're going to censor someone you do like, and eventually they're going to censor you. This is how it works. So why doesn't the government get involved like it did in the early 1900s with the Sherman Antitrust Act? Well, the short-term answer is this censoring helps one of the major political parties. Democrats see the banning of Trump as a win, and many companies today are run by people that are left. They have a left ideology or f- political philosophy, so they're all in this together. So they agree with the silencing of the opposition. Democrats don't have to debate their positions; they just rely on big tech robber barons to silence the opposing view. Here's another key point. Shh. Here, come here. I gotta. I gotta whisper this. Shh. Let me. Let me check it's all about money in 2020 google gave 22 million to democrats running for office and only 1.4 million to republicans i thought those numbers were low but uh, that's that's the number i could find and that 1.4 million that they gave to republicans they're already threatening to uh, to get rid of that so they they said that google came out and said that any politician that voted against certifying the results of 2020's election will not get a single dime in the future. And Google's not the only one. According to Reuters, quote, Amazon, AT&T, Comcast, Verizon are among the many big companies that have threatened to throttle funding resources for Republicans. So and let me just talk about the certification of the election, Okay. We. This is not whether it was stolen or not. What this is, is a shutdown of critical debate. If the election was legit, let the investigations go forward. Let them go forward and let all of these, uh, these conspiracy theorists, let them all look like idiots right? But we're so quick to shut people down because we can't talk anymore. We can't debate anymore. We can't argue anymore. It's all about shutting down, censoring, shutting down, censoring. And this is going to kick us in the butt, people. So we're in the Gilded Age once again. But this time, corporations are liberal friendly. And even though they have the biggest, today, we have the biggest, most powerful government on the face of the planet. A government so big, the Chinese should be jealous. And it seems big businesses are exploiting freedom and wages, but it's okay now. It's okay now because the government and corporations seem to be hand in hand. Now, I did read uh, the other day that there is some chatter, there is some movement in the House of Representatives of a bipartisan bill designed to curb big tech. But even the author of the piece said that with Democrats controlling all chambers and the White House, any real movement would be a miracle. So what do you think, folks? Is this a gilded age once again? Will the government do anything about the growth and power and influence of these companies? Do we even care? How many of us have Amazon vans stopping by the house on a daily basis? How many of us search using Google on our iPhones? While watching Netflix, if corporations and the government are in bed together and they're teaming up, uh, how is that different than the state capitalism of China, where if you're a Chinaman, you can go to the mall and you can buy some sneakers and you can, but your privacy and your political freedom does not exist. Maybe that's where we're going today, and I actually think that is where we're going. I think, as long I think, as long as humans can spend their money and consume, they don't really care about freedom. Just let me go out and buy stuff, and we could just have one party rule, and uh, and that's fine. And maybe, and I think that's where we're going, boys and girls. As far as what we can do about it, I mean, I think as if you can find any way to patronize a local business, instead of being lazy and getting it on Amazon, if you know another store, no, not Walmart, but another store owned by Joe, you know, owned by Sally, if you can patronize those places and make connections, those are the only way, that's only small things we can do. And then, you know... other than that, we would hope with all the money that we're paying in taxes, our government would be looking out for us. But the bigger the government, the more tyrannical the government. And ladies and gentlemen, we have the biggest government that's ever been on the planet. Here at Professor Liberty, we seek to educate, inspire, and restore. If you like this podcast, please give me a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to email the show, the email is professorliberty1776 at gmail.com. Please send me all your economics, history, and government questions there. You can also message me on Facebook. I'm also on Parlor. Till next time, go throughout the land and proclaim liberty.